0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the identical draw podcast. We have episode 15. We have a special guest Sean Luck, along with us today we took him all over our 80 and uh, Got his hunting knowledge um, and Thompson and I are definitely gonna have some 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 talking to do after this, but um, This podcast is presented by vortex optics. Of course, we love them. We love working with them And if you haven't heard I talked about it on the last podcast, but they came out with this new vortex edge facility Top-of-the-line training shooting facility. They have an Instagram Vortex Edge. Go check it out. It's awesome Okay Well, like I mentioned in the intro we have Sean on as a guest Sean Introduce yourself. People probably know you. I am Sean Luckdle with Heartland Bowhunter. <clears throat> I appreciate you guys having me out here today. I've, it's been a couple of years since I've been here, but
1: it's changed tremendously. Looks yeah. awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, we've. I mean, I was actually thinking about it in the car. We met Sean officially um, 2016. We went to uh, Heartland Bowhunter's film school, and I don't know. Just different things have we've crossed paths. Sean was like our uh, internship. Um, like mentor for fall when we were trying to Basically, it was a it was a perfect plan. We were like full-time students at our college and with the help of Sean We didn't have to like have any in-person classes. It was awesome. Uh, We just hunted all fall um, and still got 12 credits done, but um, Yeah, we've just we've gotten tons of inspiration so much of what we're doing um, on this Kansas City we've learned from Sean and the guys at HB and uh, even film-wise like from From the beginning, that film school, me and Nate decided, like, hey, these guys have high quality footage, and we wanna, we wanna like replicate it in a lot of ways, and just like, I think it sets them apart, and uh, companies notice like high quality, mm-hmm. like photos, video. That I mean, it stands out, and that's why, um, that's what's gotten you so far, Sean. If basically, Sean's a lot of the reason why we're sitting on this Kansas City and just have such a huge inspiration. But Nate, do you have anything to? Well. Kinda of what we talked about on the film side, which this is all gonna be a Kansas A D episode. But we have had a lot of different guests here. We had the QDMA guys, which is now with the whole deer association thing. Um, we had them come through the first year we had it with uh there goes Leroy's truck. Super side tangent. Hey, move your dogs off the ground whenever you want. Thank you. Uh yeah, we're sitting outside our Kansas AD shed and yeah. Our neighbor who uh owns the dogs that are always running on our ground just drove by. So yeah. I just saw com- the dogs. Too. Yeah. That yeah. completely derailed my conversation. <laughs> where's I, where's I going with that? Oh, we've had a lot of guests to the 80 mm-hmm. and, uh, but we haven't had any hardcore bow hunters. So we're like, Oh, let's just hit up Sean because we, the first year we killed two bucks. This last year, Spencer was the only guy that took a buck off this ground during rifle season. And we hunted it really hard and we, we've had great bucks to chase, but, the hunting has been tough. Um, access stuff, figuring it out, doing food plots, learning all that. Um, so we wanted to have Sean down here because, I mean, you've been managing and hunting private land for whitetails with the bow for a long, long time—about time. twenty, 20 years or so. Talk about a little bit of your your past with that. Kind of some things you've figured out. Bow hunting whitetails. Some just some things you guys have evolved over the years. Yeah. I would say,
1: I mean, I haven't, I've been bow hunting for 20 years, but I haven't been managing for for that long. I would say that from the management side, it's probably mm, been pretty serious over the last six, seven years Mm -hmm. onward. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely an evolution and always changing. There's no perfect route. There's no perfect farm. There's no perfect setup. Everyone's different. Everyone has different opinions and that's why we do it. Every, every situation's, uh, unique in its own way. And, Mm -hmm. um, in the end goal is to always improve every year and that's the fun in it I think uh, setting foot on here um, as a bow hunter is is a is a really cool experience just because it's it's a, a little bit smaller track it's not the smallest mm-hmm. by any means um, but it hunts really big and that's that's what's cool about it it's got so much cover so much diversity and you guys have already set it up a very in a very very good way. Um, there's just a few tweaks I think that you guys mm-hmm. can obviously make to to improve it, and that's like I was saying, that's the beauty in it. And I think, uh, yeah, I I hope uh, today was a lot of knowledge for you guys to yeah. to making that that next step and and doing some things to improve it more. Um, the cover, like I was saying, was just phenomenal, and I think improving that even more if if possible, which I think you can through fire and and some timber, as you guys were saying.
0: I am um, an already knew, um, I think we'll, we'll help things here. Yeah. So, I mean, people have, if you're listening to this, you, you know about the Kansas City. You know about our transition with the whole management thing. How the property lays, it's north and south a long way. It's just 80 acres. And you've got the food mainly on the west with poor timber. You have hedge and honey locusts that basically border our bean plot. Um, and then as you get closer to the middle of the property, there's a creek that runs through and the timber kind of changes. You have the hickories, you have the oaks. Um, you have more walnuts over there. Um, and then you also, I mean, it's just bigger, more mature timber along that. And then you you have also just thick cover through most of it, like multi-floor rows, uh, gooseberry bushes, you got um, buck brush and some grasses peeking through. You also have cedars kind of scattered throughout. So that's one thing we talked about um, is just holding deer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's tough because you want to hold deer, but accessing through accessing and holding deer like that's tough because we can't get to the east side of our property because It holds so many deer. We right. just bomb deer. So we were talking about that and Kind of the conclusion we came to was like hey, yeah, we can possibly put some roads through it But I mean you're going to be bumping deer but it's also like hey wait for that rut and just bomb back there
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of the the route we take on on our farm as well as I'd say early season and late season we we stick more to the fringes and then during the rut is when we just go right in and and basically are very intrusive and and don't worry as much about what deer we're bumping or or whatnot and whatnot but i mean you got to take that risk i found that not doing it at all can sometimes uh end with you keeping your tag in your pocket and so mm-hmm. i think i i hunt the same a lot alike you guys where i i i didn't want to be i don't want to be very intrusive but i've i've overcome that i feel like over the last few years and you know, you, you see the difference in your hunts and how many, how many more deer you actually see during the rut when you mm-hmm. just get right in there. Because sometimes when you're hunting the fringes during the rut, you might not see a deer and yeah. you're like, Oh, they must've just moved out or somewhere else or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, they're in the cover. That's where the does are at. They're yeah. tired of being harassed and, and, uh, they stick to the cover.
0: So that's where the bucks are going to be. Yeah. So one thing, Sean, that we've like realized and talked to different people about is this is just year two. We're going into year three, of the Kansas 80, like most mature deer don't relate to cans City to like great food yet. Or, um, I mean, they, they know it as thick cover. That's not always the best kind of cover. So what we're like kind of transitioning into is, um, better food and the fawns being born now in the last two years, no only know like our cans City as what it's been, um, for us. So, um, what I want to ask you is just how you've, you've uh, honestly like gone through that progress with your Missouri farm. So, um, how long, I mean, how long have you guys had
1: that farm? So we've had it since, uh, tw- since 2013. And I want to say when we first got it and I, I am going to say, I'm not do want to say, I'm going to say, <laughs> um, in 2013, EHD had hit really hard. I believe the year prior to, and possibly even the same year that we got it. Mm-hmm. And there were still a lot of does. The, the, the buck to ratio was complete whack. There were like a, maybe just two really mature deer and then a handful of maybe like a, just a couple four-year-olds and then a pile of two-year-olds and some three-year-olds. And um, so we were pretty much at the bottom of the barrel there when we got that place. And since then, we've implemented all of our management strategies and sh- tried to shoot as many does as we can, which still isn't enough in my my opinion. Um, since we've only bow hunted it, we have not shot really any those with a gun that I can even think of. Um, but that might need to happen to really achieve that management side of it. But, um, yeah, it's changed tremendously. There's a lot more deer, um, and the age structure
0: is, is definitely, um, where we want it to be. So why, like, what do you, what do you think are some of the biggest things that you're doing to get that? Like, sure. Like you're holding off. I mean, it's five and a half the age that you guys are like, that's your youngest deer that you'd shoot, um, buck wise. Um, but what else, like, what is really holding on to that awesome age structure? Is it, um, just the management stuff, your, your, like your TSI work, your burns, or do you think it's just, I mean, patience and knowing that you want to shoot a mature buck?
1: Patience. Uh, and yeah, really just patience is what it comes down to. And, and yes, five and a half is pretty much the minimum age we want to shoot a buck at. I'm not saying that we haven't shot a four and a half year old cause we have shot a few off of there for sure. Um, but our main goal is five and a half and, do we know that they're one hundred percent five and a half? Do mm-hmm. we have the t in? No, we don't. But um, that's that's our best guesstimate, and um, based off of our trail camera history over the years. And so, with that being said, yeah, I, th- I, I want to say the patience is the main thing, and then the the habitat structure has been second after that, and and that's the huge emphasis that we've tried to put on uh, because the the patience thing is very self explanatory with. With the um, the habitat side, it's it's there's so much diversity. Like we were, I was saying a little bit ago, that you know everything is different. Um, every piece of timber is different, and and just trying to manage those the best that we possibly can is what's important. Along, I mean, with the timber and the grass as well. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. You guys were the first people that I really saw, um, like use fire. Yeah, like big time. Yep. Yeah. So how have you like worked that into the properties? And how did you like? What were the, was it the QDMA guys now NDA like that opened your eyes to that or like what influenced you to uh, go fire out? That was actually Joel, Joel Taylor. Oh, gotcha. um,
1: when Joel was working for us because he worked for Missouri Department of Conservation prior to working for us. And he, um, they implement that at MDC, um, in a lot of their conservation areas, if not all of them. And, uh, I really didn't know much about it until Joel had started talking about it and kind of introduced, well, he did introduce it to me and. I, after that, I'd done my own research as well and listened to him talk about more stuff the more we, we spent time together and, and just learned most of it on my own as well. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm actually not certified in any burn classes, which I, mm-hmm. I should be and want to be. I just haven't done that. Um, and another good thing that we have uh, with our properties, it's so rural and so big that <laughs> if a fire were to get out, which we haven't mm-hmm. had any get out, thankfully, um, it still stays on our property and we don't, we haven't had any issues now. Right. Um, anyone that's burning on a smaller track, uh, or even that's not, maybe not as rural, I would highly encourage, well, anyone period, highly encourage mm-hmm. to make sure you notify the property authorities before burning and, and make sure you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I think because of Joel and you guys, I mean, thousands of more acres have been burnt, honestly, like yeah, that's what, you guys, your burn work is, is what opened up our eyes, and I think many other people, too. So a lot better deer management because of that. Um, yeah. We're we're waiting for the right conditions. We think the conditions are probably right now. Um, oh, they but, I mean, <laughs> like, Sean, like, with your yeah. burn experience, I mean, it would go up hot, which is what we need for a lot of our crowd. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd venture to say, like, this hasn't been burnt ever. Uh, not in a long, long, long time. Like we know the previous owner didn't. So, I mean, you're talking 10 plus years at least. Um, I just know like it would be such, so beneficial, but the call in the Kansas, um, whoever you, who'd you call Nate? Like just the department of, yeah, you have to get some deputy to send you or get you a permit, which when I called last year, I just called and they're like, all right, you're good to go. You got your permit. I was like, so I don't receive anything like, nope. You're good to go. Just had to, like, let the authorities know. Uh, And she did not give me the green light yesterday, even though we had firefighters with us. Two of our buddies are firefighters in Lincoln. Uh, So, and, I mean, I understand if it's dry. Yeah, you got to worry about fire getting out of hand. But the Kansas 80 is just, it holds moisture. And, I mean, the soil's, I mean, damp still. Mm -hmm. (laughs) After a week of dry and, like, higher temps. So, but she doesn't know that so it's like whatever i'll, I'll listen to you yep. we'll yeah we'll be patient but it needs to happen somewhat yeah. soon
1: yeah and i understand that from their perspective they don't they don't know your, what your experience level is right everyone's different on that end and they have no idea it's something i mean they have to basically assume that you have no idea what you were doing right and yeah And with that being said they, they it has to be absolutely yeah. perfect conditions for them to give you the green
0: light mm-hmm. so something that right now we're in the middle of shed season. And one thing we were talking about when you arrived was, I mean, you guys found like almost a hundred sheds in two days. Mm-hmm. You're saying that's way more than the first year, year two, like a few years that you had that place. So, I mean, you're holding deer better. Absolutely. What do you think? What What are some things that I have like a, the bounce off yeah. of that? Um, What, like when you got the property, was it structured similarly? Like, mm-hmm. or like what have you really, have you really improved the bedding or would you say like food sources like night and day? Um, and that probably, I mean, Mm -hmm. goes hand in hand with finding more sheds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and first off,
1: something that just, uh, I just thought about was, um, this is actually, this is my dad's farm. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. So, um, I got to give him credit. He was able to purchase that farm. Yeah. Um, otherwise I wouldn't be able to do the things I do on it. And, um, yeah. So, uh, when we first got it, I'm not sure exactly. It was bank owned, I believe the year prior to us. And then prior to that, it was an individual that had it for, gosh, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And, um, anyhow, I don't know what happened that year when it was bank owned. I know the guy that previously owned it, he, he did practice a lot of management on his own. Um, but who knows what happened when the bank owned it? If, and then I know EHD had hit, so it wiped out a lot of those deer. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, food and habitat, I think pertain to why there are there's such a high deer density now and I was telling these guys earlier that it is such a it's a blessing and a curse uh, when it comes down to hunting, you know, it's great. All of us hunters want to see a pile of deer. It's fun going out there and seeing 30, 40 deer in a sit um late season, but gosh, it can be tough because you're always dealing with deer getting downwind or one deer busting you, seeing you, and then it blows the whole, the whole hunt. Whereas if you're hunting just a handful of deer, it can be a lot easier to get the job done on a a certain deer that you're targeting. But, um, yeah, when we first got the place, I want to say there was probably, we found like 55 sheds, I would say, and we combed the place up and down. And then, um, just, so that was in say 20, the winter of 2014. And then fast forward to 2021 just Mm -hmm. the other day we went for two days there was an average of five of us um there were six guys total five two of the guys had to were in and out helping um that live locally and we picked up 97 on two sunny days and we didn't cover all of it we covered a lot of it but not all of it and um yeah so there's a lot more deer um and that that goes down to the habitat being able to support it and then the food sources and we've when we first got it, I would say that the year prior to or the years prior to no one left standing food there. And so late season, those deer were pretty much just, um, left with whatever sort of native browse they could find in the woods to, to live off of. But with us leaving, you know, gosh, I would say we leave around 12 to 15 acres of standing food or along around that whole 900 acre piece. And that definitely helps. Um, and then with the native, Uh, food sources through burning and and the promoted habitat that helps give them more food and Mm -hmm. um, just bedding and cover in general to
0: support that, that type of herd. Right. We, yeah, our, our deer density isn't anything like that. We were saying on a hunt the last two years, I think the most deer we've seen like in a group has been 10, 12, something Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, not very many, but we, one thing we were saying is, Like I wouldn't be surprised if this year we saw more bucks than does Yeah. while in a tree stand. Yeah. Like we just see a lot lot of bucks.
1: We, we, it's totally opposite for us. And I wish, I wish it actually was that way. It's fun seeing all those deer, but it also, I think makes it a lot harder for a buck, even a mature buck to grow uh, a gigantic rack, you know, Mm -hmm. like a Boone and Crockett type whitetail. Um, you know, the, the buck that we almost killed on the very last day of season is six and a half years old, and he's probably upper 140s, 8-point, um, mid, mid to upper 40s, 8-point heavy. But like, that's pretty much all he's ever been and probably all he's ever going to be. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with
0: having a high deer density and yeah. just genetics and whatnot. Right. Your dad killed a slammer. You did. Um, <laughs> was there some history on that buck? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, so we call that buck, tw- we call him twin 10. And the reason being is as a three-year-old it was when he kind of came onto the scene that I we really noticed him and he'd come in, he came into a food plot and I w- there was another buck in the area that we'd called uh, bladed 10 and he was a four-year-old. Well, this buck walked into the plot and I was like, that's bladed 10, that's bladed 10 and got to looking at him. And I think Brandon was with me at the time and I'm like, and he looks way smaller. Like what's going on? Something's not right. You know? And then I finally figured out, well, that's not him. It's a different buck. It's a younger buck. Mm-hmm. Looks just like him. Um, so well, let's just call him twin 10 and that just stuck. And I mean, he wasn't a 10 when might have killed him, but that's the yeah. major- how the majority of the bucks go. When they're <laughs> three, we, we name them, you know, something, whatever, eight yeah. or nine or whatever. And yeah. it just sticks. And when we end up shooting them, they may not be that, but we just keep the name the same. But yeah, he was, he's an awesome deer. He, as a four-year-old, um, I have his sheds and he he actually had exploded then. He had um, more more tines as a four year old than he did as a five year old. Mm. But at five, that's typically
0: when they just pile on the mass. And he did. I mean, yeah. that buck was massive. I mean, I remember seeing the first couple of photos, and you can see these pics on Sean's Instagram or Heartland Bowen or Rex's probably too. But just nuts. Was that a was that a December deer or November? Uh, at the very end of November, it was. The rut was winding
1: down. We'd uh, we got on the cornfield there, and they were just they were kind of piling in there, and that's that's a great time to really I feel like catch a buck is when they're starting Mm -hmm. to come off of the rut a little bit, and the does are hitting the food sources again, and the bucks are in there kind of starting to rebound, but also check the does see if there's any last ones in heat, and that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah, Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, gosh, he was in front of us for like 25 minutes, um, and. Hey, my dad couldn't get a shot numerous times. We had him at 20 and he couldn't get a shot and he ended up shooting him at, I think like maybe 34 yards or something like that. So,
0: wow. It's cool. I'm excited for that episode. There's always like one HB episode. I'm like, oh man, I want to see that one. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, Mike's giant whitetail. I think was it, Colorado? it was Colorado. Yeah. Skylar. Like, yeah. Mega eight. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Um, but so you're hot off of some awesome shed hunting really quick. How do you like, how do you beginning your shed hunting day? Like, are you gonna check food plots first? Like, what's your routine there?
1: Yeah, um, since we posted that pick yeah. uh, the other day, a lot of people have been asking me where. Uh, well, how do, how do I typically start shed hunting? Well, I start shed hunting cherry picking those food plots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we usually drive in there and, and comb those over pretty good, really fast, because they're the easiest, and that's usually where we find the most concentrated um, group of sheds. And we'll clean those up, and then from there, I feel like the next place is right outside of those food plots and clover plots. Gosh, for whatever reason this year, they were just hammering the clover plots, uh, late like January, February when they were shedding their antlers. And, and you could see it in the snow before the snow had melted that they were just digging up the clover. And, um, that's where the majority of the sheds were. And then from there, you know, out, outside of that and then bedding areas. So, yeah, most of, the, I, I take that back though. We did have some corn that we had mowed off at the end and, um, we found some sheds in there, which is like finding a needle in a haystack. Just, yeah. You have to walk like
0: every you know, row. It seems all that,
1: and you got to walk at it like two miles an hour, just <laughs> looking so slow because they're
0: so hard to spot. Walking yeah. right past them, that's that's a lot of sheds. Yeah, <laughs> we find the last two years on this ground, this eighty acres, we found eleven both years. This year we are at eleven right now, hoping to pick up a few more, set the record. Yeah, uh, checking cameras on the third. There's still a lot of bucks holding both sides honestly. So yeah, really? Yeah. That's, Everybody's so surprised. I don't know what it is at this area on Instagram. We get all the time. Those deer are holding so late. I mean, we have bucks still holding both sides like, to, right now. Yeah. Wow. Just we, weird.
1: we had that last year and I felt like everyone else did too last year, but for whatever reason this year, I don't, I don't have pictures. picture. Well, I had a buck like about a week and a half ago that had one side. So but other than that, I hadn't yeah. had one in a, almost a month probably, but then Mike has a few smaller farms that He's gotten some pictures, um, in the last few days of holding bucks, but yeah, outside of that, I I haven't seen many, but yeah.
0: So, um, kind of back to this 80, what the, the, the question we asked, we've asked Matt Ross before too, is like, Hey, if we just sign this over to you, like this first year, um, or first two years, what are some things that you would do to hunt it differently or to manage it? What, tell us about that.
1: Yeah. I, the biggest thing that I noticed that I was, um, that I would do if I, if it were mine right away is, uh, inside of the, the bean plot over there, the, the two acre bean plot, mm-hmm. um, there's an old road that you guys were showing me that, uh, the previous owner had through there. And so it's already basically kind of open in there. You don't have, only have to clear out a few, few trees and I would put in a green plot particularly clover just inside so it's probably within 100 yards of the the beans and i think that would be a just a slammer spot for for the middle of october and catching a buck just um maybe right right before that pre-rut or during that pre-rut stage you know chowing down on clover Mm -hmm. or even just hitting scrapes um i think that'd be the perfect spot because
0: you could slip in there and yeah it's not too bad on the access side of things and i mean it'd be easy a lot of the air is already open it's knocking out a couple cedars you got Maybe one or two honey locusts in a hedge, but, I mean, quick work to, I mean, you could, you could honestly probably right now, you could probably just burn up a lot of that grass and throw some clover down, but.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. And then, I mean, it, the the maintenance wouldn't be much. You just, you'd get a good start with the, the frost seed and then come in and mow it twice, two or three times throughout the, uh, the growing process or growing yeah. season and
0: you'd be good to go. Uh, what? I mean, what's the purpose of mowing down clover? I do it, but I only do it because I see you guys do it.
1: Um, weed invasion, um, basically, and it actually promotes the clover some um, if you do it at the right point and typically right before rain. Mm-hmm. So if you could go in there and say, I don't know, late May, and uh, when that clover's starting to head out, and and you might have some grass or weeds starting to come through, you top off. That clover, just the, the head, and then you get a rain on it. It'll just boost that clover up, and it'll help choke out any other, uh all the weeds. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but a yeah. lot of them. And so that helps. If you don't, you're you're just gonna have a lot more weed invasion, and then it, they're gonna head out and drown out your clover from sunlight. And then gotcha, it's back to whatever else is growing in there above the clover. Yeah,
0: we, I mean, our clover plot, uh our north clover plot, we actually didn't get a walk it, but it did amazing last year, and Growth wise and we cut it maybe once or twice and banded it. We probably doubled it and i'm really actually excited to uh, To see what that does this year for us access is actually pretty decent because we do have permission Typically to access on the north neighbor, which Mm -hmm. is we actually turkey hunted on that neighbor's ground and he's been he's been good And he lets us just I mean quiet as all get out and just right into the 50 yards into that clover stand So I think eventually here soon. We're gonna have a buck drop down that clover plot. Yeah So he deer hunts too, right? He does. He rifle hunts a little bit. He shot, oh, like an (laughs) awesome four-year-old that we were hoping to see through the season. Um, But is what it is. He he typically holds out for an older buck, but this buck uh, was a big enough 10 that pulled the trigger on him. But he was actually hitting that clover plot a ton, which makes sense that he would have shot him. So, yeah, that's still pretty cool though. I mean, yeah. A guy that
1: another a neighbor oh, that,
0: that deer hunts. Yeah, um, let yep. you guys go in and yeah, it's awesome. We let him mushroom hunt our ground a little bit, so he gets some benefit. <laughs> yeah, does he find them? He does. We we've actually we've stumbled on a couple, but he said like back I don't know if he's had many much luck uh, recently on our ground, but uh, he said like back in the day when uh, our previous owner would let him, he'd like come home just with stacks of uh more else? but wow that season's coming up it is. real fast we uh we were talking about the turkey population on the Kansas ground and we just don't have very many birds in this area um yeah sean you joined us in the first year we had it and uh i mean we had we had a few birds that hunt but we i mean we just feel bad shooting them down here when we are covered up on the northeast nebraska ground that we have permission on we just go there and shoot them because there's hundreds of birds all over the place but we uh, we're definitely gonna be doing some trapping work down here. Yeah, to it, knock out some raccoon. It's wild
1: how much it's changed. I feel like, gosh, ten years ago, well, five six years ago in, in Kansas they were just everywhere, and I mean they're still obviously here, but it's it's changed some.
0: It's it's a little bit tougher. Yeah, uh, yeah I hope they rebound the right direction. So I'll transition into. Um, we asked uh, we on Instagram we had some people uh, want to ask you a couple questions and they are media related. So. What would you say, Sean? I know. I mean, what what season? Is this going to be season 14 or 13? Yeah. 14?
1: Pretty soon we're going to have to stop naming them. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> we'll just be like, oh, another season of Heartland Beau on it. <laughs> yeah. On to season 28.
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how have you. So the question was, like, what would your recommendation be to somebody who wants to be a social media influencer? Was the question. So I'll let you answer that first.
1: Um, I would say it's the same is exactly what I told you guys, uh, when you guys first started with identical draw and how you guys just would ask me how, how to, um, break out in the industry. And I would say, um, uniqueness, set yourself apart from the rest. You gotta be different. And the answer to that question is not in my head because, Mm -hmm. you know, every, uh, everyone has their own way of doing things. And if I, had the the golden key at that door I would be opening it right now you know we have a good following but there's always room for growth and there's guys that are way bigger than me um that have set themselves apart and and done um things that are different and so finding your niche and just what you what sets you apart from the rest um will definitely
0: help you succeed and get there I mean that's it exactly I mean and just the last I feel like the last five years has just been like an absolute boom like of like outdoor hunting media that have like almost eaten up all the niches. Like it's, there's the hunting public like post every day. Um, like hunt. I don't even know how many days of the year those guys hunt like in the 200. It's easy. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised to hit that 300 uh, days out in the field. I mean, that's, I mean, that's been their niche. Sean, you guys, I mean, you were the first ones to actually film like a hunt high quality without bunch of banging rock music behind it that was your thing and um me and Nate are still discovering ours I mean um being twins and taking out some new hunters has definitely helped us and just um creating high quality stuff as well has always just helped us but yeah um I think that's good advice just find your niche and do it because there's a lot of things out there but if you find something unique I mean it'll catch just as easily I think staying I think simply staying afloat and just keep doing it because I think so many people give up hope after it doesn't work like, right away, and if you're just out there grinding, people are eventually yeah. gonna. <laughs> if it's, you're doing things well, yeah. people are eventually it's gonna catch uh, on to you. But. It's really important, actually. Being they have like started this new uh, let's hunt endeavor. It's like a new brand that we're doing for new hunters, and um, even though we're somewhat established with identical draw, it's actually pretty crazy uh, and unfortunate how many people. Uh, in the hunting industry, aren't like Sean, like willing to help you improve. We've had even recently, but since the beginning of ID, like four or five, six years ago, we had many like people, like typically like older guys in the industry, like saying like no chance, like mm-hmm. money's eaten up. There's no hope for I- another media company. And, um, we're, I mean, slowly proving them wrong. And I think, um, there's, we need a lot more like mentors like you, Sean, that are like not gonna just I mean, we came to you and we had nothing, like we didn't know we had a camera that could film and you like were still positive with us and have always kind of pushed us along the way. But mm-hmm. I wish that that was more common in the hunting industry. Cause it, yeah. fortunately it seems like it's not always that way. Yeah. I mean, just the other day I had a call with somebody about let's hunt just like, um, we, I was just basically telling him what we're going to do about it. And he just, I mean, he didn't answer my question. He just told me how it wasn't going to work and that I didn't have enough money. And I was like, well, well, if I would have like <laughs> taken that advice from people early on, in identical draw, like that would have never worked. So I'm like, ah, uh, I, I just don't know. It's just, so like having somebody positive like you, I mean, we've bounced off like, I mean, content questions, video photo stuff. We've like hunting just general advice. I mean, you're here now <laughs> giving us advice. And then, I mean, the whole sponsorship side, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really awesome of you, but we need more of like that because I feel like it is cutthroat. So people finding advices,
1: it is very it's cutthroat. Tough. And unfortunately there's, there's people in the industry, you'll find them in any, any industry. If they see mm-hmm. you as a threat or competitor, they're going to, they're going to want you to think that you can't succeed. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you got to keep that in mind. Yeah, and, yeah. um, I think like I was just saying, you know, find something that, to differentiate yourself from everyone else. I truly believe I told these guys earlier at lunch that I think that they have. uh, Whenever you guys uh, came out with this idea, I didn't, I'll just speaking candidly, I didn't think much of it. I didn't Mm -hmm. think any one way or the other. I just was like, Oh, you know, that's a good idea. Probably Um, we'll see how it goes. But the more that I paid attention to what you guys were doing and thinking about it, like, the more I'm like, man, I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> that's a great idea. It's a great concept. And I think it's a, it's, um, what this industry needs. And this is what the industry has always wanted is especially companies that are trying to build their own brands. Um, they're always looking for more hunters, new hunters to be introduced into the the yeah. sport and livelihood. And, and, uh, that's what we, all of us hunters should want, um, to continue this lifestyle that we truly love and, and yeah. want to pass it on is continuing to introduce it to other people and not uh the other direction decreasing right. it so
0: right well as far as uh anything else on here for hunting um i don't know we 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 talked about it how this year we just neither Thomas and I both didn't fill tags in the first year we both killed tags and it's like i feel like even though we didn't kill things this year we learned more yeah. i mean we were just absorbing and like this year management wise and also hunting wise we're just thinking about it we actually had a view. plan this off season Last off season yeah. we were still running around with like our heads cut off, like wondering yeah. what to do we we almost couldn't focus, yeah, but we were like able to focus this off season we after hunting it for a second fall, and we're gonna learn a heck of a lot um, and maybe even change some things we've done, but um, I actually feel like we might start reaping some benefits like an on a small scale, like mm-hmm. from what we've learned and some changes we've made, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you guys are figuring it out, and it's cool to see you guys evolving, um it's awesome. Yeah. Well, Nate, you got any final things you want to... All I want to know is uh, I want to hear about some of your... If you have spring plans, Um, and then I don't know if you already have some fall stuff. That's far off, and we haven't even really thought about that, but...
1: I'm dabbling in fall as far as spring goes. I'm hunting Missouri, Kansas, and I don't know, maybe Nebraska. Like, that's always that's kind of my norm all the time, but I am for sure going to Wyoming, which I've never done Mm. to hunt Merriam's, and I've never... Never shot a Miriam, so looking pretty forward sweet. to that. But, um, yeah, that's pretty
0: much it there. The fall, I'm just dabbling in that right now. Mm-hmm. So. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming. We, uh, we're very glad you were able to sacrifice some of your day to walk around with us. Um, we basically all Thomas and I have done with this Kansas City is just absorb information from people we trust and uh, look up to in the industry, but also who, are like, you have a lot of hunting knowledge uh, with the archery equipment and stuff like that so we we appreciate it we're gonna (laughs) we're definitely gonna be making some more changes it's just a constant evolution down here so um shauna you guys have you guys are having your film school again is it
1: maybe i think so we're having a film school but we may turn that into a land management um film Mm. school we're still up in the air on that so we're for sure at least having the film school side but it may we may put a twist on it and yeah actually have that at um at our farm but we're we're still in the works with that.
0: Are, is it i mean is application open like are people able to sign up no, no? not yet um but look for that coming soon we're pretty, yeah we're kind of yep. a,
1: a little bit behind on that but we're working on that as as we speak right
0: now. gotcha well I yeah i mean does. that's basically how me and nate got started so if you're interested in learning a lot of management stuff and um film and meeting um, some awesome guys to help push you forward like they did me and nate you should definitely check out whatever yeah is going on this summer with HB. Where are you guys at? Outdoor channel, YouTube, Instagram? We are on the
1: outdoor channel. Uh, Thursday nights at
0: 9.30 Eastern, all over
1: social media. Um, any platform you want to find us on, um, not so much on Twitter anymore, but um, everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the whole nine yards, Roku, all of it. But, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me out here. It's mm-hmm. awesome to see what you guys have turned this into and where you're headed with it. I think you guys got... I've always said it both of you guys have great heads on your shoulders, your brothers, twins I mean, can't ask from anything yeah, more than that. It's been
0: a blessing since the beginning, but hopefully uh i'll uh shoot a buck over the clover plot we're going to make in the next few days and i'll send <laughs> you a pick this
1: <laughs> you guys
0: so have full strut dropping again this oh yeah yep we'll have full strut dropping here in a Pretty few soon. weeks on yeah. youtube so look for that's that. what Ooh, that's what got me that that is the first time i saw heartland bow hunters season two i was watching one of those <laughs> i could still remember the intro rain dr- dropping off <laughs> yeah, the barbed yeah, wire yeah. fence yeah oh, that's yeah. that's what i that, that was my first experience i was like i need more <laughs> of this <laughs> all right well thanks sean yeah thanks, thank you guys